It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. And friends. At what age is the right age to get long-term care insurance? So should you explore long-term care insurance? Are there other options you should consider? And we're going to explore that and more coming up on this hour or half hour of the Wise Money Show. Have, is it uh, like daylight savings? I feel like we lost an hour or two <laughs> of sleep <laughs> or three of sleep last yes. night. I don't know. But it's, hey, yeah, the moon was a little strange. Last night. <laughs> so, All right. If you have a question for us, you can engage with the Wise Money Show several different ways. First, if you have any needs, and we're going to talk about one of the biggest financial risks that we all face in our life. If you have any needs, we'd love to help. Uh, You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit questions for the show there as well. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then most engagement comes on social media, just wherever you're at. We're there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show, submit questions there, reach out to us there, and we'll connect. All right, so... I, I do think I'm not I'm not uh, overselling this. This risk is, I think, one of the biggest financial risks we all face. We've all seen someone in our life, either a family member, close family member, distant relative, something like that, who's needed long term care in their life. Even though you say yeah. it will never happen to me, we all have had family experience, and it's just awful. And the risk is scary because it uh, the care can last an un, undetermined amount of time, and the cost is just outrageous. So, so the question I want to start with is, at what age, when do you start considering this risk yourself and, and uh, trying to solve for it and manage it? And can I answer that question with a question? No. <laughs> yes. Which was a question. Um, but no, I, I, I was thinking the question that I'm most curious about is if there are six areas of financial planning, and this is a show about financial planning, which areas does this long-term care decision touch? So you have your present financial position, you have protection planning, tax planning, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. So, Josh, if you're looking at these six areas, which of these six areas does it touch? Well, if, I guess if you just went right down that list, um, present financial position, so, so long-term care, either paying for the insurance, that's a, there's a premium attached to that, you're paying for some protection, that's a cash flow decision. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't, and someday you're just counting on there being enough income to cover your needs if and when you, you get to that age or that that health um, condition where you need the help, um, you, you know, you're you're just kind of counting on your present financial position to stay strong way out into the future. Um, the, the second one, that protection planning, clearly this is this is an issue um, for protection planning. It's it's insurance planning. It's risk management. So, do you have the right coverages in place? And one of them is 
long-term care insurance? You planning ahead to have resources available in case you have really what is a catastrophic expense in many people's lives. Yeah. So, and we could keep on going down. I mean, there's there's tax implications of some policies. If if you some don't, po- some policies give you a state tax deduction, right? Right for your premium, or if you itemize. Yep. There there could be a, a deduction there too. Lots so, of people wonder, hey, should I just instead of buying insurance, should I self insure, and can I invest my way there to self insurance? So investment planning. This Josh has been one of the risks that you've said for a long time, that it's a risk that could punch a hole in your retirement boat below the waterline. That's right. And so from a retirement standpoint, making sure that you not only carve out, um, how, you know, how are you going to protect against this risk, but then if this risk occurs, what does the what is the impact in your retirement plan? And then your estate plan as well, because many people think of Medicaid or the the um, the nursing home's going to take all my money mm-hmm. or take my asset. So what could I leave to my heirs? And so being planful about that. So Kevin, I, uh, I took the bait. I think Josh was trying to fast forward it there, but you're, you're, man, I'm pumped up. I go from, yeah. we, I haven't had enough sleep to, I've got way too much energy for this room and this microphone right now, because this long-term care, this one issue touches all six areas of your financial life. And we would argue you can't make the best decision. You can't make a great decision about how to handle this risk without looking at all six areas of your financial life. That's Absolutely. exactly right. And, and that's why it's not any one of those six areas. This is a true financial planning issue, right? Yeah. And uh, d- deciding with your financial advisor, how does this fit in your overall financial plan? Um, because th- this is one of those things, it doesn't do anything to really advance the ball down the field. It, it's not like it helps build wealth or anything, but it does help to preserve it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it really becomes a multi-generational issue as well. I, I'm remembering a family that Kevin started working with mom and dad. I've gotten to work with their kids. And one of our other advisors is working with the grandkids. Love it. And uh, Kevin, years ago, maybe you can even uh, think about who this might be, but years ago, you helped them make this decision on long-term care insurance. And now they're at the age, uh, I think the husband has passed away and mom needs long-term care help. She's um, at, at a point where she needed to go into an assisted living facility. And it was my client, her son, uh, who's helping kind of make these decisions, helping her manage her financial life and everything and helping her get settled into uh, this this facility that she just absolutely loves. And he was just raving about the power of long-term care insurance because it, for, for them, it took the financial risk and the financial concern off the table, and they could just sit down and talk about, all right, what's going to give mom exactly what she needs as far as care? It became more of a health care and a lifestyle decision as opposed to a financial risk or concern for the family. Uh, we, we're, I don't want to start here, but I'm going to. That's, that, to me, is one of the great advantages of, of proactively protecting against this risk. Is you, you, I mean, no one's thrilled to talk about this and make these decisions, mm-hmm. but you approach them quicker with a clearer head when you have insurance versus if you don't and it's, 
it's mom and dad's resources or it's your resources or it's some sort of Medicaid planning that you're doing, you delay at all costs. Listen, you want to maintain your independence either for yourself or for your parents for as long as possible. You do. But when it comes time to make some tough choices, if you have that insurance in place, you step up to the plate. And if you don't, you typically delay as long as possible. In my experience, we delayed far too long and put family members at risk because of the situation. When, when I came, I'm okay, sorry, I've, I started this. When I came home and a family member was trying to microwave a, a dinner for my child at 3 p.m., with a fork on it in the microwave, uh-huh. right? You realize, okay, wow, we, we have gone way past the time to make a decision here. Now, time to make a decision. Let's bring it back to this issue because we could talk about long-term care uh, for way longer than anyone would listen, <laughs> would want to <laughs> listen, right? But I want to, I mean, this is interesting. Would you, would you approach a middle schooler and ask them uh, to start, buying and paying for homeowner's insurance. And that's almost what you need to do with long-term care, way before you might need to use it, where you almost can't even fathom this risk. You need to start talking about this risk. Well, okay, Mr. Wise Money, when, when is that? Is that age 65? Is that age 55? Is that age 75? And then, so not only when do you need to consider this risk, when, meaning what circumstances should you absolutely consider this risk and what circumstances are you self-insured? So we've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you need to protect your financial life from the risk of needing assistance or long-term care services at some point in the future? Is it really a big financial risk? And if so, when do you, when do you manage it and, and, and how do you do so? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Engage with us there. Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show and follow us. We are talking about long-term care, the risk of needing care. And, and, and we want to start with... Uh, with what age do you start assessing this risk? But, but why even assess the risk in the first place, Kevin? Like, what's the problem? Well, the, the, when you look at this, the, uh, the average monthly care cost in 2021 uh, nationwide, $4,500 for home care services per month, $5,200 a month for assisted living, and $7,900 a month for nursing homes. So if you if you round that up, you're basically it's a hundred grand a year for ner- for a nursing home. And- I I would have told so I just went through this with family member who is we'll talk about it at some point uh, who passed away last Thanksgiving, and and I those 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 prices line up with exactly what our experience was except for the nursing home. The nursing home I would tell you nine grand, nine to ten, and that is actually 
pretty much right in line with what the average is here in our neck of the woods. Oh, in really? Indiana, it's just over $9,000. And guys, do you remember when we were talking about long-term care? It probably was one of the first, we're in our sixth, almost our seventh season of Wise Money. One of our first shows about long-term care, we were saying those numbers for these outrageous high cost of living areas like San Francisco, you know, you could spend 10 grand a month on it. And now just a few years later, that's what it is here in low cost of living, northern mm-hmm, Indiana. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So so it's a big it's a big risk. And that's where Josh says again, that if that happens to you financially, that can blow a hole in your retirement boat below the waterline. And so when do you start trying to protect against this or at least assessing all six areas of your financial life to see how you should manage this risk? I like what you said in the last segment that you have to think about this long before you're facing it. And you might even be needing to look at it before you're even seeing your parents face it. Mm-hmm. So it just feels even less real when you're thinking about, yeah, man, I, I might be 90 years old someday. Or I might have a decline in my health that requires me to get help with things that I just sort of take for granted. We often, when we're talking about long-term care, um, the, the need to get some help with activities of daily living is the phrase that, that is used in the industry. Can you say all six? Do you know them? Oh, boy. No, I can't so, either. So eating, uh, dressing yourself, bathing, using the restroom transferring from one position to another, like seated to standing, laying down to seated, that sort of thing. And then uh, continence, so being able to hold it, not going to the bathroom would be the sixth one. Mm. And and for some people, it's not even an activity of daily living. It's some sort of cognitive impairment where, you know, they they don't know to take their medicine at the right time or, you know, they're not sure where they are at times. So, Or, hey, it's not okay to put a fork in the microwave, exactly, right? Exactly. So, okay, so what time, what, what age? You know, when I started my career, and that was about the time you started your career, Kevin. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little bit after Kevin. It was, it was, it was 62. Make a decision by 62, uh, maybe even 65. And then that moved to age 60. I, at least for me, I'm going to throw it out there. It, it, to me, this isn't like a... Uh, like a, a, a mutual fund rebalance discussion, one and done. This is a couple conversations. And I like to start the conversation by age 55. And, and I almost wonder if that's too late now. But I would want to start the conversation by 55. You've made a decision by uh, 57, 58. So if, if you're answering the question, at what age do I consider long-term care insurance? That question, the answer to that is... I'm going to say that decision needs to be made somewhere between 50 and 55. If you ask the question, how do I plan for a potential long-term care stay? Because a lot of the folks that come and work with us and seek out a financial planner don't even come find us until they're in their 60s. And what what do they always say? Wish I had started earlier. I wish I'd started (laughs) earlier. What's that smell? Um, (laughs) Answer the question. So answer the question. When when do you start planning? When? (laughs) Okay, for the for the listeners out there, Mike is coaching baseball. He's coaching a a bunch of eight year olds in baseball. So his his dad jokes. His dad joke muscle is just grotesque at this moment. That's right. So answer that question. When do you start planning well, the, for this risk? So the planning, if you come in and, and say, hey, I want to analyze the six areas of my financial life and I want to plan, 
I want to have a plan. I can't tell you how many professions, how many professionals we work with that their entire career revolves around a plan. If you're a teacher, you've got a lesson plan. If you're an, an architect, you've got a plan. If you're a contractor, you have a plan, a blueprint for the house. All these things. So many, so many occupations and folks that we work with, they, they, they're lives revolve around plans and planning, but they don't have a comprehensive financial plan and they don't have their financial life all tied together. So you have, if you're making a plan, the long-term care insurance is a possibility, I'm going to say till probably 55. And then beyond 55, why would, why would long-term care insurance not be a possibility? Potentially because you've had your first medical event that says, hey, uh, this event has happened. Now I can't get it. Right. right. And so you, and you think, well, what might that be? It's different for long-term care versus life insurance. I, I have bad joints. We, I've been going through the ringer at f- trying to figure out what's going on with my wrist, what's going on with my hip, what's going on with my you know, my brain. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to say right now, I wouldn't be, I, I, I'm done. I won't be able to get it you know, at, at 40. Right. So, so, so you're answering a different question. Your question is not at what age should I buy uh, long-term care insurance, which I can't buy in the first place. Right. Your question is, do I impoverish my spouse in the event that I go into a nursing home? And if that's possible, then the plan shifts to, okay, what do I need to do to take care of that? Because a lot of times folks will say, hey, I don't have to worry about that because the state will take care of me. And that is, think Medicaid. So in folks always can, can confuse Medicare, Medicaid. Medicare is a social medicine program for people 65 and older with a few exceptions to that. Medicaid is health care and other kinds of care for the indigent. So think Mm -hmm. the social safety net. Yeah, welfare in a way. Sure. So if I am completely impoverished, Medicaid will step in and pick up the bill, but my independence is gone. My choice is gone. The uh, possibility of having my own room uh, is gone. I think about that and I think of my my poor roommate that I had in the army. Uh, He was a a neat freak Ah. and I'm, I'm not. I'm a collector, and so I'm always collecting things. And so, at what point does it become hoarder? <laughs> yeah, um, when, when have you crossed ago, that line? Long, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> so anyway, in 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 my uh, in my in my messiness, I think I would be a horrible roommate, especially <laughs> in a long term care facility, especially if I'm cognitively impaired. If um, it, more. Uh, so, did you, did, yeah, did you say cognitively? <laughs> okay, so, but very but, presidential, but but, uh, but Medicare and Medicaid, just to just to point out, Medicare does not cover long term care services. Medi- Medicare does not, it might, it might do some rehabilitative the, work. The it first, you think 30 a, days, a, a, maybe a, a portion of 100 days in the event that I was in the hospital and I came out and I mean you have to you have to hop on one foot tap your head and rub your belly Medicaid would but again qualifying is the big issue so we're still breaking down when and then what are your options to plan for this that more coming up on the wise money show with Corhorn Financial Group this is wise money with Corhorn Financial Group 
If you're considering uh, protecting your financial life against the risk of needing long-term care services, how do you do it? What circumstances do you proactively get some some insurance coverage? And what circumstances would you say, no, nah, you, you don't need it, you're self-insured? We're talking about that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content and, and every single show on the YouTube channel. Find us online. Go to YouTube. Search Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop a new episode and a new video. Leave comments there as well. We appreciate it. Okay, so Kevin, you're talking about you should be planful, maybe not specifically uh, with this risk, but you should be planful about stewarding your entire financial life and preparing it for the future as soon as you possibly can, right? Yes, and absolutely. and that that process of having an emergency fund in place and and paying down debt and saving up early and preparing for retirement, all of those things help you manage this risk way out there in the future, the risk of needing long-term care. And and so then you get to your 50s, you're saying, and between 50 and 55, you are are working with your certified financial planner. You're probably spending a lot of time on tax planning, proactive tax uh, opportunities. You're spending a lot of time dialing in that that retirement plan and that investment plan. You're talking about college planning with with your with your CFP as well. So you've got a lot cooking at this stage of life. And during that time, you're also talking about how do you want to plan for this risk of long-term care, but it's not, it's, that's probably the wrong question. It is, let's start the conversation. If you need this care in the future, what does it look like for your financial life? Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you use the word conversation because that's a conversation between you and your spouse. It may also be a conversation with your family, right? Absolutely. You know, that, that seems like an old-fashioned value where family sort of takes care of the older generation as as they're aging, as their health fails and everything. But the reality is we might, as a nation, as a society, have to go back to that because this idea of always being able to delegate it, we, we talked in the earlier segment about how expensive it is to hire this done. And, um, you know, a family rallying together is still a way to manage some of the cost and prolong the day when you have to get really skilled nursing care involved and everything. But I would argue it's that's not a plan. And and we have that conversation. In fact, I think the statistics are close to 50% of folks that need some sort of care receive it from a family member, maybe even more than that. But but as uh, I will just tell you, we did, We my wife went from working full time to going down to one day a week just to keep her job while she cared for her father. Um, and it was not that like the the burden that it created, and I like I don't want that to come off sounding the wrong way, but but even if you've got a son or daughter or son-in-law, daughter-in-law, or a or a spouse that it was a nurse or something like that, the uh, the the studies are quite clear. The, uh, the toll that it takes on them right and right. not only the disruption you can't take a vacation you can't usually get a full night's sleep um, there's also you can't work you'd have to move you like you might need to change and, and refurbish your house there's lots of challenges even when you're just 
But I, I go back to what, what Josh said, which was a repeat of what you said, which is the conversation. So to me, I'm not saying the family solution is the solution, right? but it's in, the, it's in the range of possibilities. And the question is, is there a room and are there any kids that might step up to the challenge? The, the sacrifice that you're, as you were describing it, Mike, the sacrifice is huge. And if, you're, if you are in the midst of this right now, we have great empathy for you. I've, yeah. I have seen it where I have kind of lovingly suggested to folks, hey, it's probably time that you get more help. It's probably time that you get some respite care so you yeah. can be gone for and if you if there's a possibility of adult daycare so that you can get a break and run errands on a certain day. But people the 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 wearing down and wearing out of people is so gradual they don't really notice it and it is I'm actually watching that right now with my in-laws. Um, they're caring for um, my, my wife's grandmother, uh, already cared for another grandmother. She passed away a year ago, and now um, we're kind of right back into that same situation. But the, the beautiful thing is there's a kind of a sharing of the responsibility between two siblings yeah. um, who are close by and you know, grandma's able to, to spend time in both homes and she's well cared for. And yes, it is a burden, but it is one that comes with a built in break this way. Mm -hmm. And not every family can pull something like that off. That's right. That I would say that is <clears throat> that is dreamy. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. extremely rare. Though, I mean, wonderful uh, that they've got that sort of support system. Right. But but that's why you have to have these types of conversations, because, yeah. you know, mom or grandma, in this case, she may have been thinking all along, hey, I've got three kids. I'm fine. Right. My, my kids will will step up and take care of me. But that doesn't mean that it fits in their life, that they're in a position to be able to do this. And so you don't want to just presume upon family members but have the conversation. You may have family members that are scattered around the country these days, and so it's not even a possibility for them to come to your rescue. I look at the way my kids take care of things right now. No, no, don't let them near me. Okay, so so consider, consider planning for this risk and planning for financial independence from the very beginning as soon as you get your first job or as, as soon as possible. Have the conversation, start the conversation between age uh, 50 and 55, and that conversation when it comes time to manage this risk, uh, you know, self-insure, which your certified financial planner can help crunch some numbers and talk through that with you. And the, the risk that I tell people when they are self-insured or might be self-insured is, listen, when it's your own money, you will prevent the decision as long as possible, though. Even if you feel you've got ample resources to cover this cost, ample cash flow. It just It is different. You will delay as long as possible. I've seen it. And so just because you are self-insured doesn't mean, doesn't mean you shouldn't even consider the insurance. So mm -hmm. then the second is, is exploring traditional long-term care insurance that serves one purpose and serves it the best way possible. And that is protecting against a long-term care risk. It really provides no other coverage. And so, yes, just like your homeowner's insurance, you might pay this premium and your house might never catch on fire. And, you might never use it. And yep. it is an expensive premium too, but it is one of those, those types of coverage. If you're the one who ends up using it, 
it ends up paying for itself so rapidly. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you, you could stay three months in, in, in a nursing home and pay for every penny that you've paid. I mean, the ideal is I pay for this for in my own situation. I hope I pay for this for 50 years and uh, die reading the newspaper if they still have them at that point in time <laughs> in my favorite chair. That's and, right. and and then the, the kind of the third alternative – to exploring managing this risk is uh, is some sort of hybrid policy is I think the best way to describe it now and that is a a a combination policy offered by an insurance company that manages both the risk of passing away so life insurance as well as has some long term care features or an insurance company that offers an investment tool designed for income I e an annuity that has a a feature that if you're in that if you need care, the income gets a boost or the account gets some sort of boost. Um, those are some big decisions. Those are complicated coverages that if you're not walking with someone who is a fiduciary and, and helping to steward all six areas of your financial life, you could get a recommendation that's very inconsistent to really what you need. So how do you evaluate when and, and what type of coverage to get? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Is there a certain type of, of insurance protection for long-term care that's, that's better than others, that's the right one for you, and the others are bad choices? Uh, we're talking about that right now, the circumstances and then how to plan for this long-term care risk. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you're in the podcast, the Wise Money Show, every episode's on podcast, wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and then rate the show. We appreciate that. Okay, so we've been talking about the risk of long-term care, and I got to tell you, I mean, every every show is organic. I mean, we're gonna we know what we're going to talk about for the most part. Uh, but there's no script. We just go. And uh, how we've gone, this show has been a little different than what I expected, but hopefully it's been helpful to you. Let's get into some of the circumstances of when when to uh, transfer this risk using insurance and then what types of tools you should use. Yeah. And, and in order to set the table for that, let's talk about the range of possibilities. Yeah. So okay. on, on the far end, you say, hey, I do nothing. I ignore it. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I, for whatever reason, um, I might be self-insured. So I might say, "Hey, I've got ample resources that my income or my assets can be used." I, I just have to tell you, when when I first started in the business, I would have these people that would say, "Well, I'll, you know, if I ever need long-term care, just I told Mabel, just take me out back and shoot me." And you're, you're like, okay, well, you know, that's cool. But guess what? I, I've i also been there when dad needs long-term care. And you know what they do? Uh, Mabel and all the kids gather around and say, we're going to get dad the best possible care ever 
wherever it can be found, and we don't care what it costs. With, yeah, with yeah. tears in their eyes. Right. That's right. It's no longer right. a macho so, moment. Right. Mm. So so it's it's very interesting. So you say on one end of the spectrum is we do nothing. On the other end of the spectrum, we transfer the risk, and transferring the risk is writing some sort of a check, typically to an insurance company, to get either pure long-term care insurance or some sort of hybrid. And then there's everything in between. But the, to me, the biggest issue, the biggest planning issue is what do I do? Is there a risk that I impoverish my spouse? Because you might you might be in a situation where like, well, we're already impoverished, so I can't impoverish my spouse anymore. Well, you're, you may be in a situation where Medicaid will then step in and pick up the bill. You've given up choices, freedom, a, a number of things, but there's at least a, a base level of social safety net. Um, but I, I look at that and I say, if you, if you put some sort of either a plan or protection in place, that does give you the freedom to spend more. Because if you, if you don't have it, you need to just keep piling up as much money as you can to pay for your inevitable care that you may or may not need. So this is where, when you look at the range, and I've seen it where... You know, going back to Josh's conversation with the family, I've seen the the um, family member that said, "Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a house that has a house for us and the the apartment for mom all in one. the mm-hmm. The garage, there's not a step in the garage. It it it's a it's a gradual slope. The doors are 36 inches wide, so we can get the wheelchair." Uh, in, in, if we ever need that. So, I mean, the house is built very thoughtfully to accommodate um, from where wherever mom is until the end of her life. Have you ever been in a house that has the extra wide hallways? It's just luxurious. Yeah, I just love it. A friend of mine bought a house from someone who had it, built it for his wife in a wheelchair. And, and yeah, that, that it's just... Even the stairs, mm-hmm. the staircase is wider, so they had the lift. Oh, yeah, come on. Oh, I love it. It's just great. <laughs> I love going over to his house. I don't know why. It just feels like you've got extra room. So um, I would say income. Here's the tricky thing. Income will disqualify you from Medicaid very quickly. Assets will too, but you can spend down assets. You can, most people think I'll just give them away. Now it's five year look back and all sorts of things, but you can do some sort of creative planning with assets. Uh, Oftentimes it's not easy, a huge sacrifice and all of that, but income, big income, Medicaid isn't even going to be an option for you because because you really can't have much income. And so uh, to me, I feel like there's great power in, in the income as you're looking at this and saying, well, do I need to transfer this risk or not? You've got to really look at your income sources and how much. I would like today, today I would say if your household had 15000 a month, maybe 20000 a month of income in retirement, you, you might be self-insured. The problem, though, is, is if you've got inflation protection on that fifteen or twenty thousand, then maybe you're self-insured. But but otherwise, you know, the the inflation, the cost of this care is accelerating even faster than lumber. 
even faster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the inflation for this care is is outrageous. And so even if you've got enough insurance today that, hey, or enough income today that if you're not spending that on Disney, you're not spending that on lifestyle, if, if your lifestyle is hanging out at the assisted living, that income could be redirected there. But would that income keep up with inflation? That's why, you know, I, I'm sitting here listening to this and, and the planning aspect um, is just kind of screaming at me a little bit because most of the time we approach getting ready for retirement thinking in terms of, man, I'm going to live a long time. I want to be able to spend money and enjoy my retirement and hope for, you know, the, the sun to be shining, the, the birds to be chirping, life to be great long into the future. And so the stress test that most people just kind of naturally run is, will my money last as long as I do? And this is kind of, it's adding an extra layer to that that planning that needs to be done. And it's, yeah, I have enough income to live life and enjoy it. But what if all of a sudden there is this catastrophic expense? Does the plan hold up in that in that circumstance? Because if all of a sudden, you know, a huge amount of income that you're describing, not many people have that much income. Right. But if you do, you may think of yourself as just bulletproof. But the reality is, yeah, if all of a sudden you're spending eight, nine, ten grand a month for care, um, you know, that that starts eating into your lifestyle. It may push you into a situation where you're dipping into resources faster and faster. Mm -hmm. And stress testing that scenario also needs to be built into your retirement plan. The, the trick I've got, sorry, Kevin, to cut you off, but just to get this in, out real quick, I've got a, a couple that uh, she has Alzheimer's and in, is in a facility. And um, they do, they've, they're blessed with a lot of income. Uh, they've got about, when you include their required distribution from their IRAs, it's about 14000 a month, and the cost for her care is 11000 mm -hmm. It works for them, though, because he does not have any lifestyle outside of that. Now, that's sad, and you might look at that and say, that's what you recommend? No, it is not what I recommend. I would, I'm telling him, try to take a trip, try to do these things, go see your kids, those sorts of things. But he doesn't have much lifestyle. When you, when your spouse, who you've been married to for you know fifty years, is down the street and doesn't remember your name half the time, it's hard to uh, just go out to Red Lobster. It's hard yeah, to it's hard yeah. to go on a vacation. Yeah. So when I, when I think of planning, if you say if you're in your forties or fifties right now, or wherever you are age wise, and you're listening to this and you're saying I'm never going to buy uh, long term care insurance or some sort of hybrid solution, um, then I would be thinking of accumulating assets in non-qualified accounts. Because if, I'm, if, if I've got a million or $2 million all in a 401k or IRA or, or some sort of qualified money, the ability to plan with that money and maneuver in order to position myself to get some, some sort of assistance from the government, and again, that we know that's a fallacy. Get assistance from your fellow citizens. Um, that is, it's it's really limited because yeah. I'm talking about then paying the tax, paying the freight on all of those dollars fairly quickly. Yeah, 
and the and the the, the more rapidly I pay the tax on that, the higher the tax rate's going to be. So if you're going to self-fund, in other words, you need to have assets positioned in a place where you can access them without getting clobbered by taxes. Big time. And you need to have a boatload of money, too. Yep. And and that is the tough thing about, you know, we, we get to help some, some clients who are marching into retirement, and they never made the decision to buy long-term care insurance or to, to plan ahead for this. And so they really do have to kind of hold back resources because they may need to rapidly spend down a lot of money in the late years of retirement. You just don't know. You may, as Kevin said, pass away in your favorite easy chair someday and never needed to worry about long-term care. But the reality is you need to plan ahead. You need to preserve assets. And so that means um, intuitively that you've got to kind of hold back your lifestyle a little bit. Those who instead go into retirement and they already have this game plan in place. They may even have a product like long-term care insurance in place. They can n- not just spend freely or or w- without a game plan, but it's less of a need for them to hold back some sort of you know, portion of the nest egg that's just earmarked for paying for long-term care because it's already handled with the this policy that they've they've put in place. Well, so so let's let's take this down to action items. If you're early in your financial life, early in your uh, adulthood, so you're in your your early 20s to, you know, it, you're in your 20s or 30s, what should you be doing really really quick? What should you be doing with related to this risk? Um, you should own a disability policy. Because in, in your 20s and 30s, you're protecting your ability to earn an income. So if something happened to you, your, your income goes away. So you would protect your ability to replace that. Over time, as you accumulate assets, long-term care really is to protect the assets that you've accumulated. And you're working on getting a solid financial foundation, paying down debt, having a strong budget and three bank account system. All right, so and you're And determining in- where where should I be saving and investing and building the assets so that my my 60-year-old self is in a great position. Yep. 40s 40s, in, in my opinion, you know, as you're launching kids from the nest and everything and you're starting to turn your attention to your own retirement readiness, um, watch out for being called upon to be a care provider. Mm-hmm. And that is the number one reason for why people enter into retirement earlier than they thought they would. So what if you planned ahead and you prepared yourself to be ready for retirement earlier than you even intend to be retired? Just know that you have the financial resources and the flexibility to maybe be a help to someone else, a family member or a spouse. And 50s, you need to be having this conversation with your spouse, with your certified financial planner. You need to be talking about this risk, even if that means, hey, listen, I have some preconceived notions here. I, I do not think we need to transfer this risk. Just talk about it. Have that conversation because if in your 50s you're not having that conversation, you're making a decision by default. So work with your certified financial planner who's a fiduciary who can help you look at this risk in the context of all six areas of your financial life. That is it for us. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.